welcome to the round table. Um, I try. I couldn't think of the person that just uh, inside the actor studio, but I was going to do like that softly. James Lipton. Yeah, Lipton. Um, but no, this is a new show. Um, we've been hinting on the multiple page. It's here. These are the we've we've shown the five movies. We've talked about it. We have like a little trailer that you should have seen before the show. Basically, I do YLS every week. It's always an angry, uh, can just mean show. I wanted to do something that was a little different. I just want to talk about movies that people, uh, especially about the movies that people also love, and then I may not have a chance to see. So we normally have five people. There are five movies on today's panel. Um, I don't know what happened to Brian Michaels. If he is around your neck of the woods and he's wandered off and he was going to go get ice cream, welcome him in and call his, call his uh, wife. Um, but... On the show tonight, we have Caleb Bowman. Hi, Caleb. How are you? Hi. I am happy to interact with you in an environment where it is not uh, protocol for you to yell at me. That's perfect. Scott Harvey, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Happy to be here. This is exciting. Um, yeah, maybe we'll keep it civil. I'm not I'm not holding out my hopes, but uh, somewhere in here, I'm sure things are going to going to get out of hand but then it wouldn't be a multiplex show if it wasn't so that is true matt uh quaylar how do you pronounce your last name again i think it's quaylar but i don't even know anymore to be turned on okay <laughs> how are you doing good doing good i'm very happy i was invited to be part of this uh temporary square table Yes, it's very weird. We're all sitting just at a normal dining room table right now. Um, yeah, so basically how the show works is um, please just stop right now and messaging me and saying, hey, I want to be on the next episode. There will be episodes taped in the future. If you would like to be on, I will keep that in mind. I've approached everybody individually to, uh, to be on the show uh, right now. Um, but basically the concept of the show is everybody brings in a show, uh, brings in a movie. We talk, We all watch the movie. It doesn't matter if we've seen it a hundred times or first time viewing. We all watch the movie. We save all how we feel about the movie till we get here on the round table. And then we discuss it. The one thing that I make sure everybody knows is whatever movie you pick for the first time ever on a while show, I'm not going to make you feel stupid for picking a show like on round table. I'm, I'm open-minded. It may not click for me. The movie may not work for me, but I'm not here to make you feel dumb for your pick. I'm here to try to understand why it clicks for you and it may not click for me. And that's what we're going to kind of do. The movies are for me, I brought, um, men of honor, uh, Cuban Gooden Jr. Robert De Niro, um, Bowman. What movie did you bring? I brought 1979's the in-laws with, uh, Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. Uh, Scott Harvey, what movie did you bring? Uh, I chose Columbus, the uh, debut from Koganada from back in 2017. Uh, Matt, what movie did you bring? I went with uh, Copland, a uh, James Mangold film with uh, Sylvester Stallone and a host of other great actors. Yeah. And uh, Brian Michaels brought RRR, the new movie uh, from 2022. Um, so uh, we'll just go around. Um Basically, I'll start. Um, the reason why I brought Men of Honor, um, when you think of De Niro, I think this is one of the movies that does not get enough limelight into how great of an actor he truly is. Um, this movie has, it has its flaws. 
That's what I will say. It has the potential to be a great movie, but it's flawed in uh, various ways. But if I'm being honest, I think the two performances in it are one of their best from each. Um, just their stuff that holds it down a little bit. And I wanted to bring, because De Niro is such a popular actor, um, I wanted to bring like more light to some of his lesser work. Uh, so that's why I brought Men of Honor. We'll get more discussion into that in a little bit. Uh, uh, Bowman, why did you bring uh, The In-Laws? Oh, uh, yeah, because I feel like this is a movie that's uh, a little under-talked about. I feel like people have heard of it, but I don't know if they've necessarily seen it. And it's also just really funny. And I wanted to bring something that I feel like everyone would at least enjoy. And hopefully they hadn't already seen. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Scott, why'd you bring Columbus? Well, Columbus is one of my favorite movies. Um, I had it pretty high in my top 100 when we did that last year, but it's one that I know a lot of people in the community still haven't um, caught up with. Um, Koganada has a, a film out this year called After Yang, which is a bit more high, high profile and which I think is one of the best movies from this year. Um, and so I think he's relevant now because of that. Um, and yeah, I know we, we talk about a lot of like a24 movies and things like that this is not an a24 movie obviously but it has a24 vibes and whatnot so i thought hey there's a chance that this could connect with uh with some people and matt why'd you bring copland uh copland has another uh 90s film that's kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit kind of uh forgotten over time but it's got a uh, great cast it's got a uh, interesting story so and i've been meaning to rewatch it since ray liotta passed away so yeah um, and Brian, I can tell you exactly why Brian picked RRR, because um, that movie is batshit, um, if I'm being honest. That movie has a lot. We'll talk about that last. Hopefully, Brian makes his way. If Brian does show up at some point in this conversation, uh, we'll get his thoughts on all the movies talked about up to that point, and then we'll go into there. Basically, how the runtime will uh, bring, uh, how it's going to go is we're going to bring the movie forward, the person that brought it, going to introduce why they like it, stuff like that, and then... The roundtable discussion just ensues. You talk about what you liked from it, what you didn't like, what worked for you, what didn't work for you, stuff like that. First one on the table, Men of Honor. Uh, Men of Honor, a very interesting movie. True story. Um, of uh, I don't know. I, again, I'm terrible with notes. Um, of the a guy, a naval, uh, an African American, uh, basically started in the Navy, basically as a cook, um, and wanted to pursue more and to became a diver and fought through so much adversity to even be able to go to Navy, the diving school and all, and then what followed after that of a tragic of him um, losing his leg and then him having to not want to be forced to retire and stay with the program. It also shows that the exact same counterpoint, Robert De Niro's character, uh, Captain Sunday, um, a guy that's, basically has an interesting story in this movie. Uh, he starts in such high place and, and the, we see the rise and basically fall of this character pretty quickly. He tries to save somebody cause he knows what he's doing right, but he does not uh, listen to the, the higher ranking officer and, you know, gets injured because of it, loses control and he's forced to be the instructor. Um, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. Overall as a character, um, he is he's one of these actors that is like very very probably more missed than hit 
I would say, in his career. I don't think he's got so many standouts. Um, I mean, Jerry Maguire would definitely be one of those, but I think this is one that he's absolutely fantastic in, and I don't think enough people talk about. Same thing with Robert De Niro's character. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, again, this is just... Uh, it's. I feel like this movie, I don't know how you guys felt about watching it, but I felt like this movie was two movies in one, basically. There's a point in the movie where it cuts, and then... The whole next thing is Cuba Gooding Jr.'s rise back from the thing, but it felt like it took so much to get to that one point. So you're like, yeah, and then it's just like, oh, we're back in this a whole nother thing about him getting back and to do something else. So it felt a little disjointed at times for me. That's why the movie never like rises to like a for me like a five star. Like love the movie. Like it's a four star for me. I love like I love a lot about this movie. Um, your guys' initial thoughts going into it. What you thought about it. What you know. Go anybody you can pick it up and go from there. You know, there's an old adage that essentially says a great movie is three good scenes and no bad ones. And I don't know if this necessarily hits the no bad ones for me because there's a specific element to this movie that I think brings it down. But in terms of three great scenes, I think you absolutely have it here. Uh, The scene, the contest between Robert De Niro and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. when they're in the bar and they're kind of still at each other's throats and they're like holding each other's breaths. The scene... Earth's holding their own breath. The scene uh, where Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, like actually does his diving test and he stays underwater for like four hours. Uh, incredible. And then just a magnificent ending of a film uh, with Cuba Gooding Jr. with his leg taking 12 steps uh, in that diving suit. I think you got three great scenes uh, not that the rest of the movie doesn't have good moments, but like those, it's three very memorable, impactful scenes. De Niro, as you said, is like really good. I think the one element that just brought the movie down for me is Michael Rappaport, I think is really bad. Like one of the worst performances I have seen in a movie that I would consider good. Like it, I think he is very, because he's doing this thing stutter and it just doesn't work but and it made me mad because everything else in the movie i was really enjoying it yeah yeah it's very interesting to me that they took such a bad actor of mike rapaport and made him stutter which i think is always like a weird disconnect from this movie that always like why because i've seen actors have to do a stutter in a movie and they do really good job with it majority of the time. He's just can't act. And now they're saying, Hey, by the way, I know it's hard for you to talk in general. Now I need you to stutter. It It's the one part of this movie that just drives me crazy. And if they would have actually kicked him out of diving school in the movie and he stayed gone, it would have been fine, but he stays like he still, he shows up multiple times. So it's weird. Uh, Scott, it's you're over. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Um, I think Bowman makes a good, case for you know the movie possibly having three great scenes i'll definitely agree about the underwater or the contest the breathing contest that they have and then um at, at least the 12 steps section of that last scene i don't really i don't really like these types of like climactic 
courtroom type scenes where you have somebody in there and it basically just it's basically just an excuse for the person to give like the big inspirational speech right like it, it's it feels very like manufactured to to bring that moment um and unfortunately i felt like that in other parts of the movie i think cody um you you bring up a good point with the the structure of the movie um the, the pace being a little uneven um, I think, unfortunately, this does fall into the trap sometimes of being sort of the Wikipedia article biopic where it's like only hitting the notable events, really, right? Like, it's like, you know, we get up to the dive, I guess, and then, well, that not not even, it's even before that, like, we skip ahead a little bit, we have the dive, and then, you know, he's injured, we have the training. It all happens, like, very quickly at times. Um, it feels like we're just kind of skating over um, the highlights of this guy's life, which is okay in some regards because it is a very interesting and powerful story and obviously not one that a lot of people know. Um, and so individual scenes are able to pack a punch because of, you know, the, the reality of the, the story. Um, it, the material is just already there basically. Um, but as a whole, it just comes off as a little, manufactured inspirational type biopic for me um and i have to say i was not the biggest fan of de niro's performance i don't like his accent that he does uh i thought it was pretty hammy i thought the performance in general was kind of hammy and i don't know I, I just i have a lot of complex feelings about the character um and you know the way that they try to redeem him i guess in uh, by the end because he does some pretty irredeemable stuff in the first you know part of the movie and sure he's acting under orders whatever um but you know that doesn't excuse it at least for me um so unfortunately i did have some problems with this movie i do think i do think cuba gooding jr gives a good performance more understated um in a movie that i think often isn't understated um it definitely has its moments, but it falls a little short from, I guess, from what I wanted. Um, it, it's really just kind of, it only gets as far as the real story can take it. I don't know that there's a lot that the filmmakers and the actors are really able to do to put their own stamp on the movie, I guess. Yeah, Matt, you go ahead. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with a lot of the, what's said. It feels like kind of like an old-fashioned movie that probably either came out years too late or maybe even a couple years too early because when you had like some of those like biopics in like the 2003 2004s like ray and walk the line and stuff like that kind of fits into that where it's a little bit kind of manipulative playing with emotion emotions a little bit but i i think that de niro is pretty good in it especially when you look at a lot of the other stuff that he's doing at this time period he's starting to do some of those uh comedies in the late 90s early 2000s that aren't very good so i think this was a good role for him but i i agree with scott i think that kind of they did kind of give his character like a redemption kind of out of nowhere because <laughs> he he's pretty uh rough to cube his character through most yeah. of that uh training and stuff and then he kind of switches there i guess he maybe he earns a little bit of his respect or something like that but still it's still pretty uh harsh and i i think it's Fitting that none of us mentioned Charlize Theron because she's really her character yeah. is just. <laughs> I know it's yeah. she was like. And welcome, Brian. Um, uh, we'll uh, we'll get your thoughts in one second. I agree with you with that. So that's my whole problem with this movie. I'm different with Scott because I think 
I think De Niro's giving a really great performance. Um, I understand where it could be the campiness of it. Because even at the time, yes, he's doing awful things. I don't I don't credit them. But in that time, like I still the one scene that really stands out in this movie is after he saves the guy and they're all standing there and giving out the medal to the guy that yeah, left that's the a great, and that's he great. stands there and he's just like he has to award him the medal, and they're all everybody on the face knows that that no, this makes no sense. The guy leaving doesn't make it, but this is my problem with the movie. It's always been the side characters of the movie bring this movie down for me because Charlie's Theron's bad in this movie, Michael Rappaport's bad in this movie, uh, Pappy, the like any there could have been 75 other old people that could have played that actor to be like. You're relieved of your duty. Like, he's just like, it's all like, it's all this incumbent. But the thing is, this movie has like two major points, right? Him losing his leg and his rising back, and then him doing all that stuff underwater, which is insane. Mm-hmm. You need both of those moments, but it felt like, oh, we hit the climax of the movie, and then we're still, and then we had to do it again, basically, is how I felt during the movie. Because Chief Sunday is an asshole, he's a piece of shit. But like, he comes around, smashes everything, does everything, tells him to him, but he's like coming back to save him at the end. I get it. It doesn't feel 100% right. But again, that guy's been fucked by the Navy basically his entire thing. So he's just like, hey, you're not going to let the one guy that basically saved multiple people to go. So, um, yeah, it also starts weird, I will say. Like it all him sitting there bloody and just like headbutts the guy and like holds him and they're like looking on the screen. But, um, Brian, um, your thoughts on Men of Honor? Uh, my thoughts are that I thought this was an hour later. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> You're good. Men of Honor. Yeah. So this is one I hadn't seen before. Um, it, it's uh, I gotta say it was it was kind of eh, in my opinion. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's like you know I like all the people that are in it, but I just think I I thought it was kind of I don't know kind of clunky and actually honestly that the acting I thought was kind of corny too. It just it, it had this feel to it that's really corny. Um, I would say it was super predictable. Except that I didn't predict like the climax of the movie was going to be somebody walking twelve steps, which to me was like not much of a climax for a movie. Um, so the ending was kind of at some point, but I mean, I, 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 I don't know. It, it's one of those things where it's like like Cuba Gooding Jr., who we know can act, and and, and he's he's a good actor. Uh, he clearly thought he was going for an, another Oscar here, uh, but it was not in the cards for him. I mean, he didn't go full radio this time, but it still it was not. I, I didn't think he was doing that great. And, and Robert De Niro just, I, I don't know. Um, I didn't have a lot of detailed thoughts on this one. I did I did think, uh, I will say one part of the movie, um, with the, uh, I guess we already talked about what you haven't, but um, the whole thing where where uh, uh, somebody else got the medal, the, uh, Holt yeah. McElhaney's character, how do you pronounce his name? He got the medal for, for saving the guy. I totally thought, because just some of the some of the looks and stuff he gave that eventually he was gonna like give that medal to Cuba Jr.'s character. It just it just felt like that's where it was going and never happened. I was like, oh, okay. I just <laughs> thought that was like a little hint that never happened. Um overall, I mean I did I didn't hate the movie. Uh but I, I honestly it's nothing I'll ever watch again. It just it seems like it's just they tried too hard to go for a tone and then I'm kind of going over the top. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, it, it is just weird too with this movie. Um, and this is like the difference of why I lost. Like Norma, I'd scream at everybody and be like, "You're wrong." No, I know it has faults. Um, I liked it for a long time. Um, I would say the the weird thing is like after all he does and everything he the, it like everything. 
it takes him being down nine hours basically for the the two of them to come back. No one sleeps in the barracks. No, everybody stays away. No one ever does the thing. But basically, it takes him saying, "Oh man, you're standing nine hours now." Not the saving the guy. I didn't do it for anybody. Like, but like the thing is, based on a true story, I understand. Like, it is a very. I think that's where a lot of biopics go wrong, where they're always like paint by number where they fit and like the Wikipedia page, like you brought it up, Scott. So that's where this falls. Um, just quick, because we haven't, uh, this is not like a letterbox show, but I'm just curious of everyone's rating. Boatman, what's your rating on Men of Honor? Three and a half. Okay. Matt? Yeah, I was going to also say three and a half. Uh, Brian? Uh, I go two and a half on it. Okay. Scott? Yeah, I'm with Brian, unfortunately. I wanted to like it more. It does have some scenes, but uh, I'd have to go with the two and a half here. It felt hey, someone's fun. aunt always brings some dish to the uh, table that you're like, what the fuck is this? It's all right. Um, I think I just was better than more the free cake. It was better than the Yeah, you're right. I think I maybe like, I watched it. I thought like eventually it was going to go on to like a real mission. Like the, it would end like on, a, like, like on a real diving mission to save you know something, but... I, I think I think I watched it at the right time growing up, so it like holds a little piece of yeah. nostalgia with me versus where I would have watched it for the first time at this age. I probably like uh, I'm missing something. I'm also a sucker for De Niro, so it doesn't really matter what he does. I like it. Um, all right. Well, Brian wasn't here at the introduction. Brian, what uh, you brought RRR? Just initial thoughts of why you chose that movie. Not like getting into any like details. Uh, I chose that movie because it, it's one that I think a lot of people is, in the community have not seen. A lot, I think that a lot of people of a lot of people might not bother trying to give it a chance or see it if they aren't given a reason to. If they aren't, but I think I think more people need to talk about this movie. And it's it's certainly not something I would have ever thought was in my wheelhouse. But I heard about it from so many people. I'm like, I gotta check it out. And and I really had some strong thoughts about it. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna pass it on and make some other people watch it. There's a definite reason why we're talking about it last on the show, and we'll get there in a moment. It's uh, one that I have no idea, except for the one person I know who's already seen it, who had already seen it when I picked it. I have no idea where anybody's going on this. It could go really far either way for any of yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's and that and just a blanket. If you're ever on the round table, uh, I don't. Again, there will be times. I've said this before. There will be times on the show to people that I've pitched it. There will be times that I'll pick movies that are very popular in this community, but I want to talk about it more in depth than what we have talked about it. So again, don't ever let it stray. Like, oh, I have to pick something obscure that people haven't seen. That's not what it is. Pick what you like. Um, we have up. We have upcoming episodes where somebody picks something that they've never seen before. So, again, your risk-reward. We'll see what happens. Next, we're going to move over. We're going to stay in the De Niro camp. We're going to go to Copland. Um, Copland, Matt, I'll let you take it away. Um, your first initial thoughts of, like, revisiting it and, like, you know, what you like about it. Yeah, Copland, this was one that I saw uh, a lot when I was younger on cable. I don't know if I had actually seen the whole thing until I watched it this time. Uh, it's, a, it's a really – I think it – there's a lot to this movie that's there, but I think there's a lot that's just, it's just missing. It's out of the grass. Uh, James Mangold, he loves making Westerns, even when he's not making a Western. And this is definitely a Western. <laughs> and it's a very interesting, you got uh, Sylvester Stallone is playing just a little small town sheriff, a kind of a schlubby guy who uh, couldn't become a police officer because he was uh, deaf in one ear after saving someone. Um, but the town that he's the sheriff of is made up of a lot of New York City cops who, through some manipulating the system and pulling some strings, kind of got them this this little town in New Jersey where they can kind of just do whatever they wanted to do. 
And it's got some a lot of really great actors in it. Uh, Harvey Keitel, Robert De Niro. I, I didn't realize when I picked it that it was also uh, another film where Michael Rappaport is the uh, weak link <laughs> of the acting. <laughs> but uh, I, I think really the standout in this one is uh, Ray Liotta as a Figsy. And I'm really happy I got to rewatch it for him because he is just great as a uh, coked out cop who is just uh, all over the place in the best ways possible. But pretty much uh, it's, it's just... Um, De Niro is internal affairs trying to get Stallone to help him get the dirty cops and Stallone resists and it all ends up in a big uh, Wild West shootout. But it's just, just a really interesting film. There's a lot to it. I feel like there's a lot that was probably cut out of the film because there's just so many different characters. Uh, Robert Patrick is also great as one of the cops, but it's just uh, it's just missing some stuff. I feel like if it maybe had been like 30 minutes longer kind of flesh out some of the story, some of the characters a little bit more. I think it would have worked a lot better, but I, I enjoyed what's here. But it's definitely one a situation where you have a lot of the actors giving pretty good performances. They're just kind of holding a, uh, how it's presented a weaker script together, I think. Yeah, uh, we'll go around. Anybody want to take a uh, start with Copland? I can. Um so James Mangold, I really enjoy him as a director. I've said before that I don't think he has made necessarily a five-star movie, but that he basically just makes like four and four, four and a half star movies. Like he just churns them out and like he's very reliable and consistent in, in that regard, which is almost harder to, harder to do than to make like one, you know, masterpiece. Um, this was great. Um, this might be my favorite movie that uh, I've seen of his. Um, and I have seen most of them. Um, I really loved the feel of it. it. It is different from what you expect. It is not like your classic cops and robbers movie. Um, it is, it, yeah, it does have that Western feel. I really like like the small town, like feels very lived in, you know, like he walks into the diner and everybody knows who he is. And like, I really like movies like that. Um, and it obviously fits the story really well where it's like everyone is, everyone knows what everyone is doing basically. And so it makes it so hard for Stallone's character to, to get anywhere because he knows that, you know, he turned the corner and there's one of these cops watching him. And yeah, I think Harvey Keitel, Robert Patrick and John Spencer are like a great trio of like, you know, the dirtbag corrupt cops. Um, I really liked the beginning of the movie, especially like the, you know, what happens on the bridge and everything that goes down there is like, Feels like that could actually go on nowadays, unfortunately. Um, that, that felt very, like, prescient. Um, I think Stallone was great, too. Like, he was perfect as, like, again, the the cop that everyone sort of thinks that they could take advantage of because he's, like, you know, he's Stallone. He seems like he's dumber and slower than everybody else. Um, he's kind of, you know, a little more... Uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve a little bit. Obviously, he has the whole um sort of romance side plot as well which maybe isn't the strongest part of the movie but um it's there um and and yeah um you know i, I really liked how it builds and obviously the the shootout in the end ray Liotta is strong as like sort of the agent of chaos and like you never know which side he's really you know on um this whole time like he's he's constantly sort of shifting allegiances um but maybe he's like the most corrupt one of them all at the end like he might be the biggest dirtbag of them all but um yeah this was great um uh, just you know really great um world building atmosphere um interesting story and you know didn't overstay its welcome so i really liked it 
Yeah, this is, uh, I think, a, a really solid movie. Uh, I, I think I, I would agree with that, that. I think the standout for me is Ray Liotta. I, the more I see of Ray Liotta, the more I realize we really didn't appreciate what we had when we had him. Like, he is he is so good in this. He's I'm realizing, like, how good he is in so many things. Uh, but he's he's so good in this. Uh, like, I think you really do kind of need that character who, like, as Scott said, you're not sure which side he's really on and you don't exactly trust him. And he's kind of like, I, I think he and Robert De Niro are my two favorite parts of the movie because they're the two most kind of morally ambiguous characters just on different sides of it, right? Because De Niro, I, I kind of love, he's kind of like the lawful neutral of it all, right? Because like, you know, I love the scene where Stallone comes back to him and is like, okay, I'm ready to fight. And De Niro's like, should have come to me two weeks ago. I'm done. What are you doing? There's nothing I can do now. Like, I think that is, like, so fascinating that you've got this character who was, like, so dead set on, like, nailing Leo, on nailing Kaitel. And now it's two weeks later. He He's moved on. And I think that's really fascinating, and I like that a lot. Also, just, like, top-tier movie sandwiches. Like, that sandwich that De Niro is holding is, like, honestly, like, that's such a great prop that like says so much about the character. And I think that's really good directing for Mangled, actually. Uh I yeah, I, I agree, Scott. I would say that this is like the best Stallone performance that isn't Rocky or Rambo. I I would say that I think this is like such a good performance from him, and it makes use of Stallone really well. Yeah, I really I really like this. I was glad I finally got around to it. it had some Slow moments, but overall, really liked it. Yeah, I think Stallone in this period, it, it was kind of Stallone was kind of in this lull in his career between like his like late eighties, early nineties glory, you know, as like an action star, and when he got into like the late two thousands and two thousand tens, where he was like you know kind of going back and bringing back these franchises with or like Expendables and Rocky and Rambo and all these things. So in this in the between period, I think he was like trying a lot of new stuff, whether it be more dramatic roles. Uh, he, I know he pumped out a lot of like straight to video stuff as well. But I think this is one that, um, especially for the times, like the late 90s also had like this, they had basically this trend of like bringing back kind of these noir, these modern noir films. Um, like LA Confidential, I put in that same category and this came out the same year as that actually. And I think that they're, they're both were very good at kind of capturing that noir atmosphere, but kind of in this case, bringing it to more of a modern era. And I kind of liked the, the, whole, the whole setting of this town of cops. I thought that was pretty original um james mangold who who you know obviously wrote and directed this um he's one of those guys who i don't think before at least before i get into, into you know movie trivia i don't think i knew a lot of the movies that he directed it's like i liked all these movies but i keep going back to these things going oh he directed that oh i didn't know he directed that i didn't know he directed that and i like all these movies and copland was one of those um because this is what the second movie he directed and the third he wrote if you count oliver and company which i had no idea he had anything to do with um, but I like James Mangold a lot. I thought that his style was used very well here. Uh, Stallone, I thought I thought he did a, a good job. I think he might have played a little too dweeby for my tastes. You know, I, I know he's kind of supposed to be a little bit off, but he might have played a little dumb for my taste, but still I respected that. Uh, but just the cast uh, in, in all, I think they assembled a killer cast here. I mean, you have 
most of the cast of Raging Bull in here with, you know, with De Niro and Moriarty and uh, uh, Keitel in there as well. Um, of course, you got Stallone, Michael Rapport, I like and everything he's in. Annabella Ciora, who I really liked uh, when she was doing a lot of stuff back in the 90s. Uh, Janine Garofalo, who I, I actually enjoy. Yeah. I thought she was underused here. I didn't like how her characters kind of disappeared. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's got a great cast. It's got a great atmosphere to it. Um, the story kind of kept you guessing all the way till the end. So I, I rather enjoyed it. Yeah, this is a movie that would probably have hit my radar sooner if it, more people talked about it. I think um, basically it has like everything that I like in a movie um, with the cast that I like. Um, again, just again, we'll, we've released these movies. You have time to watch this, so please don't watch it because we will spoil stuff throughout. How they don't kill Rappaport when, that's, when they have him in that situation still is the most confusing part of that movie for me. I'm like, God, there's three of you and it's Rappaport. You got this. <laughs> um, but still can't. But like, I love the idea, like that that many cops in that area and basically trying to like the, figure out what's going on with them. And I mean, De Niro, Stallone, uh, Tim Patrick, like the the '90s, like just of the '90s in that range, right there, all in one movie. Um, James Mangold. I mean, I'm kind of with Scott. I don't think I have any of his movies that I absolutely love. Love, like I know Logan's pretty high for some people, but um, overall, they're still pretty average. Uh, still about four stars for me, most of them. Uh, but this one is just I. Again, I try. I don't try to predict how a movie's going to play out. I kind of saw this one a little bit, and I'm with Brian. I think Stallone played a little bit too dumb, dumb. Like it's like Rocky. Like he's got, he's been concussed a couple times. You can just kind of tell, like how he's like not picking up on some of the stuff. But I like how smooth the Nero's playing most of this, and Kaitel. You don't really know when people are about to flip and turn, and. Um, it feels very '90s, like, and I, it's in the setting. Like, you can't really help that, but like that, like it's a time capsule movie kind of for that. But no, I thought it was overall a great, uh, great, uh, great pick. Um, I would have probably watched it, but later, um, I definitely check it out. I don't want to tell too much on that one, if, especially if you haven't. But again, we released the movies, but there's some. It kept me guess guess until the end. Like, I didn't know exactly where it was going to go, and. The shootout's pretty fun too. At the end of the day, even though you know that gunshot near the head, I was like, "Fuck!" Um, <laughs> so, yeah, great choice overall. Um, so we're going to go to a different. We're we're out of De Niro. There's no more. He's no. He's not in the set or Rappaport. Oh yeah, stars. stars um, yeah. So uh, Brian, where do you give this? Um, I'm wavering between three and a half and four. Probably leaning towards four at the moment. Scott. I give it a four and a half. I loved it. Matt? Yeah, I give it a four. It just needed a little bit more, so I could have bumped it up higher, but it, it was all there. It's just not enough. Um, uh, Bowman? Four. I'm also with a four, and I didn't say it, but Leota, um, yeah, absolutely incredible in this movie. I think I just watched Goodfellas again with him. I just I think he's absolutely great in certain sense. I don't know if he's great in everything. Like I haven't seen a lot of his film, but the, like in his genre, I think he's very if cocaine involved, he's gonna be great. Yeah, <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, so we're gonna take a trip to a different level. Uh, we're going Columbus. Columbus is our next one. Uh, Scott, uh, take it away. Yeah, I'm not really sure how this movie is gonna have gone over with uh, the panelists that are here, but we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe I'll be surprised. Now, um, like I said, this is one of my, my favorite movies. Um, 
I love the visual storytelling in this movie. Um, the the town of Columbus, like the architecture, obviously is so striking, and you know it's subject matter of the movie. Um, I just think there are so many beautiful shots. Um, you know, K Koganata, the way he frames this movie is like it's one of those where like every shot could be like a painting. Really, um, it, it's just beautiful to look at. Like the the architecture itself tells a story. But then I also find myself really compelled by the actual human story. You know, I love these types of movies about these people who just happen to intersect when at the right time in their life. Obviously, like the Before Trilogy is a great example of that. It's like those brief encounter type movies. Um, and Columbus is definitely one of those, obviously, with the two characters, um, you know, coming together, not knowing each other, um, but hitting each other when they're at sort of different contrasting points in in their lives um and you know obviously john cho's character is he's not really happy with what he's doing he doesn't really know what he wants next from his life whereas casey Haley lee richardson's character she knows you know what she loves she knows mm -hmm. about her passion but she feels like she can't pursue it because of what's going on with her mother um and that she has to care for her mother and just gradually watching as their conversations um, with each other sort of force each other out of their comfort zone and to talk about these things that are on their mind. And, um, you know, again, it, it kind of ends up in a, you know, complete opposite of where it started with Casey, the person who, you know, was stuck in, um, in Columbus wanting to get out. She actually gets out and, um, and Jen, who is John Cho's character, the outsider, who was out, out of Columbus, you know, comes back to his father in this world of architecture that he thought he left behind, but actually finds that there's something left there that can, you know, can, is what he needs in his life at this particular time. So I, I love the telling of that story again against the backdrop of Columbus. It's a great movie about like, following your dreams, following your passions. I love that scene when they're in front of the, the bank and he asks her, you know, what do you like about this building? And she's like describing the, you know, history of the building. And he's like, no, 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 those are facts. Like, I want you to tell me, you know, what, how does this building move you? Um, and then there's that great moment of, she is like actually telling him, but we don't hear it. You, we just see her like, you know, um, acting it out basically i love that moment of like you know show not tell storytelling i think both performances are awesome Haley lou richardson is like a revelation in this movie like she's unbelievable um the openness of that character like she just has such a warmth about her when she comes on screen um i love the scene where she dances in the headlights of the car that's like a perfect moment of her letting out all of that emotion that she's been sort of and anger even that she's been holding in for the, the entirety of the movie. I just think it's a, a beautiful movie about friendship. Um, it's, it's great that their relationship remains strictly platonic the whole time. Um, it would have, it would have been a much different movie if it had gone uh, in the wrong direction, but I think they handle it very, you know, I think he handles it very sensitively and delicately to where it never feels weird or inappropriate, the relationship that they're having. So yeah, I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so I'm going to do something a little different. Um, who's very positive on this movie? Just a show of hands. So, like, because I'm leaning one way. And if you're in the middle, you can be in the middle. I'm I'm on the opposite of I didn't enjoy this movie as much. So I just want to, I don't want to just jump in and me tear it down, kind of. 
first. I'm not gonna tear it down. It just didn't click for me. Uh, but luck. I will let I will let Boatman um, take it if you had positive, more positive. Yeah, no, I I like this. I I kind of figured that this is how it would go with this with this this panel because uh, yeah. I do. Think that, I, I would assume that Scott even kind of knew. Okay, Boatman's probably gonna like this, and everyone else. Uh, yeah, no, I I enjoyed this one. I I get it. It's it's a very dialogue based movie, and it's a very like I I'll be honest. Like the, the, I wanted to like this more than I did. Like I was told by some people that I would like love 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 it. I liked it. Um, I think it was really solid. I like the kind of. I think visually it looks great. I like. The you know, any scene that was just them having a conversation, I really like that. I think that the, the conversational scenes are just fantastic. I wish, I almost wish that the movie would have just kind of focused on that because I think when it's just kind of these characters out into the open, that's when the movie drags a little bit for me. But still, I think the conversations were like so good uh, that the rest that it kind of held everything else together. And I do really like the dynamics between these two characters. I think Cho is good. Haley Lou Richardson is not someone who I will ever have fond <laughs> for, but uh, I, I think she is really good in this. Uh, so yeah, I, I think overall I did really enjoy this. Uh, shout out to this movie for giving us more Parker Posey. We always need that yes. in our lives. Even though she's not in this a ton, still Parker Posey always a good thing. Um, okay, so I'll just lead. If the other have more, power, I did not love this movie. Um, I was I was incredibly bored with this movie. If I'm being honest with you, um, when you said this was very dialogue heavy, um, I don't think they talk. They didn't talk very yeah, much. I don't know about that. Maybe that's yeah, wrong. it's more of a visual medium, which if anybody knows me in this community is just um, not my cup of tea. Like if you took me to an art museum, I'd probably not stay there very long. Um, I don't like to, I like I like to watch the stuff and find where the story's going. Um, I felt like the performances were fine. I don't think there was any real issue with there. I just think where the subject matter, um, like you like how the, and this is just how movies are different and like how people interpret them different. Like you love the bank scene. I was just like, get the hell away from the bank. Like I don't, she clearly does not love this bank <laughs> as much as you think she loves this bank. Like she does. Just she, she just doesn't she know how does, to She does. She doesn't. Well, stop telling me how to express myself. I like She's a lot of life. But anyways, her. I understand. I listen. I know there's a common myth in this community is when I give something a low grade, it's like Cody Dum Dum can't understand and com comprehend. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, I know, not what you're saying, but comprehend complex things. No, I just, I think there, I think there, the the story there is solid. How they tell me the story, I didn't love. I didn't love for like a movie that's like three hours long that we'll talk about later. This movie felt longer. And it was a shorter movie. It's just it felt like a long, drawn out movie. It started moving towards the end where I was a little bit more positive on it. Once like this, you learn more about the characters and like they, you um, you understand more. I kind of liked it a little bit more. I can already see some of the people in this community be like, "What a waste of this this panel! You wasted this movie on this panel." Yeah. And that's probably what the majority will feel. I just yeah, I couldn't get my head around 
loving all the characters. Again, like I think the performance is strong and the story overall is good. The visual medium just will never be one of those movies that I absolutely fall in love with. Um, Cause I, like I sat there and I was like, did they not talk for like, has anybody said anything in the first 10 minutes of the, I don't think they have, there's just, there's viewing everything and it looks beautiful. They don't it's a beautiful. Oh, he, they, for me, cause for Cody, they do um, <laughs> for the viewing. Like it looks beautiful. It looks like a beautiful movie, but like I could watch a person be a vlog and show me beautiful things. So, um, Interesting. Uh, maybe Brian and Matt are a little different on it, but again, I, I appreciate you for bringing it up. I mean, I got to see what you, I I know those kind of movies that f- fit for Sky uh, Scott. There was a movie that we were going to do on a previous episode, Wild Rose. That would have been I had more positive reaction for that movie yeah. than I did this one. But um, yeah. So Scott, uh, Brian, whoever wants to start, let us know how you feel. Um, I'll, I'll just keep it together because I'm really much more in the Cody boat on this one, which I'm sure will come as shock to Scott. Because um, this is, I had actually seen this one before, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. And I, looking back at my score, I think I was a little generous from, I mean, from my point of view on it because I actually went down a little bit because this was a real slog to get through. Like, I'm going to be honest. It's like, it, like a lot of it's just echoing what, what Cody said is that I really like all the people in it. I thought it. I thought it looked good. I, I wasn't like blown away by the visual style of it, but I thought it was filmed very well. Um, for a movie about architecture and all the beauty of architecture, I thought they filmed. It, I thought they picked a city with the most boring architecture in the world. These buildings all looked just completely boring to me. I didn't see anything appealing. It's like go someplace interesting. Um, uh, and I, I don't mind movies that are all you know essentially like you know conversation movies like I, the first before uh, before sunrise. I really enjoy that one. Um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. It's essentially just the two characters walking around waxing philosophical, and I love that movie. Um, so I don't, I don't mind movies that are just a lot of, you know, conversation or or, or uh, two characters and their and their connection. Um, but this one for me, it just, I, I was largely bored by it. And I know I had seen like Scott's previous reviews. He got like three or four of them on there, and he's like, is just raving about it. And I love that for him. I'm glad he enjoys that for him. I think it just goes on to show that different like cody said different films hit different people differently and so there's a film that that people love and that's great but this is just this was not for me yeah no, I'm, I'm pretty similar this is one that i kind of respect more than i like i mean it's, it's beautifully shot and i think the two performances are good performances just the characters i couldn't really get into either the movie kind of just like kept me at arm's length the whole time it never really pulled me into it it's just um yeah, I, I mean, I can see why the people that love it love it because I, I can definitely see it's it's got all the pieces there. It's just I, I just didn't click with any of it. Scott, you don't how, love during how... their during their first meeting when they're walking on the other side of the fence, and then after they've opened up to each other and they like you know are meeting each other, they get to the end of the fence and it opens like, and they're now right in front of each other. Like, you don't love that. If, if, if you want the answer, uh, no, I don't care. Yeah, I, um, I know. I, I, gotta say, I think Haley Lou Richardson is the most awkward smoker in the world. I don't think she must sm- smoke in real life <laughs> because she doesn't look natural smoking the cigarettes, yeah. by the way. I, will, I agree with that. Um, And again, now you know how I felt there in Men of Honor. You bring something to the table and then you get totally <laughs> shot in the Fair face. Um, uh, uh, scores, I'll just lead. Um, two stars. Um, Boat. Three and a half. A little higher. Matt? Uh, 2.5. Better than me. Uh, Brian? I, I do give it two and a half just because I, I do like the, the, the two leads, and I thought visually it looked good. 
I may do 2.5 because I just realized I watched DC League of Secret Pets, uh, Super Pets today. Surely and I it gave was better that than two, that. And it seems <laughs> a little bit better than that. I will I will stand by that 2.5 for me. Uh, Scott, you had it, so where do you put it now? Uh, it Yeah, uh, it's five, 5 out of 5 for me. Oh, sir. It's, again, it was like number 25 in my top 100, so I love it. Uh, all right, now uh, we're going to uh, the in-laws, you know, uh, type period of movies that this community does not watch because it's old. Um, but Boatman's changing that for the rest of us. Um, Boatman, tell us about the in-laws. Battle of 79, you know, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, the in-laws is, uh, you know, one of those kind of classic I, I believe Roger Ebert kind of coined the term one's a movie. Uh, and it's kind of one's one's a mild-mannered guy, one's a secret agent. And I think just put them together and see what happens. And I think in terms of two movies being built around just two actors being funny, I think there are a few better choices than just sticking Peter Falk and Alan Arkin together because their dynamic is so much fun. Alan Arkin is is one of those guys who can play both comedy roles. He can be the straight man, or he can be the uh, you know the wild one in something like Little Miss Sunshine or The Russians Are Coming. The Russians Are Coming. So he's great at doing both. He's a great straight man though, and Peter Falk is I think the standout of this movie. I think he is just so funny as this overconfident agent uh the the way that he uh instructs uh alan arkin and just keeps encouraging him he always just wants to compliment alan arkin it's a very like funny performance because he's just always like he's always very positive always very confident even when things are going terribly it's just it's a very funny especially bouncing off of how panicky and uncomfortable alan arkin is uh, as the premise, of course, being that uh, Alan or Alan Arkin and Peter Falk's kids are getting married to each other. Uh, Alan Arkin really hasn't interacted with Peter Falk all that much. Peter Falk, meanwhile, has stolen engraving plates from the U.S. Mint and hidden some of them in Alan Arkin's house. Uh, and is essentially there's a whole thing of is Peter Falk actually a good guy or actually a bad guy. And I love the way the movie kind of keeps you questioning the whole time. Uh, yeah, no, this movie is absolutely like very funny, but it also, it's very like, it's a thriller comedy and that you're, you're kind of nervous the whole time with some of the ridiculousness that's going on. I love the scene where uh, Peter Falk sends Alan Arkin in to go get the safe, uh, go get what's behind the safe. Because uh, Peter Falk is just very confident, and he cuts back to him talking to the cabbie at the bar, and Alan Arkin just being very uncomfortable. I think that's a hilarious scene. And then the guy shooting at Alan Arkin, and he's like ducking behind the taxi. Uh, I, I think this movie's a delight. Peter Falk and Alan Arkin are just one of those comedy duos that I wish would have done more than just one movie because they are so funny. Yeah, I'm going to lead. Um, basically, I think this movie um, falls into my kind of uh, branch of comedy. Uh, the high anxiety person flipping out versus the calm, cool, like, 
relax like stuff. I just kind of find it funny because Peter Falk, the most like energetic he gets the entire movie is when he yells at his son at the dinner table at the beginning. It's like always taking like these secret phone calls. What do you mean by that? Like he flips out with the rest of me. He's like, I can think about it. Like he does his calm by Alan Arkin just flipping out. Um, I like those movies. They fall into my lane. They're like the planes, trains, and automobiles. The um, they're odd, couple. odd couple. It just has this dynamic. And again, Alan Arkin, like, and Peter Falk, both just great comedy. Like just how they play off each other, and especially like I love where he sits down in the chair the first time. He's like, "Have you met the dad?" Oh no, call it off. You don't know if you haven't met the dad, you can't go along with it because he's the line of him and their whole dynamic between each other. Um, it it's I expected maybe a little bit more funny than it actually led to be for me. Like there are moments that I laughed really hard, but there, it wasn't like as much as I assumed it to be, especially with those two characters in it. Overall, had a really good time with it. I felt like um, it kept like building on it, like the ridiculousness of it, but you have to like basically assume that going into this movie and where it was going. I know where some could like, Oh, this is just like too much, but like, I mean, they start with like picking up the car, uh, the armored car and putting it over and like welding the, the doors off of it, like cutting through. So I really enjoyed it. I thought, uh, I thought I with you, I really wish Peter Falk and Alan Arkin did more movies together because like Peter Falk's one of those actors that I don't see enough of his movies, but when I do like, he's somebody I enjoy watching. Um, everybody else in the in-laws. I was kind of dreading watching this movie. Um, <laughs> honestly, cause well, I, okay. I had, I had seen the remake no, that's of right. course. Which, which I, I don't really honestly remember much of anything about it, except I remember it not being good. And then it's, it's, I never went back and watched the original because sixties and seventies comedies are generally not my style of comedy. Like, 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 throw me like it's a mad, mad, mad world. I'd rather shoot myself than watch that movie again. You know, so 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 some of this, a lot of this era of comedy is just not my style of comedy. There are very few, but I find that like you know, one out of every ten that I'm forced to watch, I actually end up enjoying. So I was like, it takes something like this to force me to watch a movie. I watched this one and I actually really liked this movie. Um, it was fun. And, and I think it, it, it falls a hundred percent onto the shoulders of, of Peter Falk and Alan Arkin because they're basically playing themselves. Like in every role they've ever done, Peter Falk's doing, you know, Columbo and all his other roles and everything. You just know your Peter Falk style and Alan Arkin's doing his usual thing, which is very sarcastic. It's, it's often exasperated. Um, Cause I've loved him and everything from, you know, uh, older movies from catch 22 all the way up to, you know, so I married an axe murder Indian summer in some of these movies. So, so I really like both those actors. And um, as, as far as the actual plot of the movie, I did like that. It kept you guessing. Like I, I wasn't sure, you know, if, if he's for real or if, if he's just a thief or if he's actually works for the CIA or whatever, they kind of kept you guessing that way all the time. Um, I think the only thing that, that I didn't like so much, I wouldn't, it's, I wouldn't even call it a flaw in the movie, but the tone seems to be kind of all over the place at times. Like sometimes it's like a, a more, you know, dialogue wordy kind of you know uh clever comedy and other times just really slapsticky especially when you get to uh central america was honduras i think it gets like really slapsticky at times down there and and i still enjoyed the movie then it just it just seems like it has a very different tone at different times and the soundtrack is very 70s but i'll forgive that because it's just a product of its time um for me this this is one that it took a little bit for me to get into it I think, but once they get from the plane on, I love the rest of the movie. 
Uh, probably my favorite sequence out of almost any of these five films is the uh, car chase where they just keep going around <laughs> and around on the run. I think they do it like three times. They could have done it like two or three more times and I would have loved it. And I love the uh, general. I know it's kind of, he feels like he steps out of like a Looney Tune cartoon almost, but uh, I loved him. I thought he was a great uh, villain there at the end. And I love how they kind of scammed him and the government and stuff. But, uh, and uh, my wife kind of watched like the first 20 minutes of this with me before she tapped out and left. But she, her comment was, uh, Alan Arkin always talk like that. I thought that was just an old man yelling thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had a good time with it. See, I had the opposite uh, reaction of Matt, which is I liked the first two thirds of it. And then kind of like what Brian was saying, when it actually gets to like the action climax of the movie, it I, like I kind of got bored. But um, I did really like it up until that point. Um, I think it is it is not the type of comedy where there's like a lot of joke, like to Cody's point, it's not like a haha ha, like a ton of you know funny moment but it's the setup and putting these people in these situations that is what is funny um and i i mean i like that because i get exhausted sometimes of movies um that have just uh you know that are trying really hard to make you laugh um there are only a select few movies like airplane for example um that like can actually pull it off because most of the jokes are so good but um a lot of the times the approach just falls flat but um, I did really like, um, you know, the chemistry between the two of them, obviously. Um, yeah, Peter Falk does a great job of playing both sides. Like you don't know, like the scene where, where he, Alan Arkin calls, um, Ed Begley Jr.'s character and is like, and, and Ed Begley Jr. is like, oh, this guy's crazy. Like, you know, he's, he's basically been kicked out of the CIA because, uh, you know, he's, he's a, he's a nut. Um, and you don't know whether he's, telling the truth or not because Peter Falk's character is so like, you know, he's so, uh, he, he could be either one. He could be crazy or he could just be a, a genius like that is in full control at all times. So it's a great character. It's a great setup. I will say, even though, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of like laugh out loud jokes, um, I did crack up when Alan Arkin, when he goes into the office to break into the safe and there's a picture of JFK um, and it says like, uh, at least we tried or something on it. And then we find out later that he was talking about the Bay of Pigs invasion. And that was how he summed it up, that the two of them, you know, I guess brainstormed or whatever. Well, at least we tried. Uh, it's just hilarious to think about JFK saying that about the failed Bay, Bay of Pigs invasion. So that got a good chuckle out of me. But other scenes were like one scene, which I didn't really like, is when they're in the, the, the deli, the diner, and they're all they're just like yelling so loud the entire time. And it's like all the people are just looking at them because they're just like I was like, it was a one joke. It was one joke. And they just kind of stretched it out. Too well, and plus, they're right. yelling about being a CIA agent. I'm like, yeah, I was like, somebody in this crowd would be like <laughs> reacting more than they are. Well, the same, there was the same thing earlier on when, um, he, when he robs the safe. There's like gunshots going on. People just kind of watching him, like, <laughs> like watching him film a film movie. 70s New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Scott, what do you give it? Three and a half. I liked it. Uh, Brian? Three and a half. Uh, Matt? Three and a half. I'm going to go four. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. I think it was I think it was a movie I will definitely revisit. And Bowman, I think I already know yours, but what is it? Four and a half. Four and a half. Um... Okay, so again, the show itself may change from time to time. Um, 
but don't worry, we're talking about R and R. I'm just saying, this is our first episode. We'll we'll kind of fine tune it. Um, Scott, Brian, and myself will probably be on most episodes. Um, leaning forward, um, me and Brian have nothing to do because uh, we don't play trivia, and, um, and Scott trivia, uh, so. Scott uh, <laughs> Scott loses on the four pointer more, more than we can we, yeah. we would like. Um, but uh, the show may change a little bit. But this is the show. This is. Uh, I, the reason I saved this for last because I think this is the most interesting pick from what we talked about tonight. Um, I don't know how everybody else felt, but if anybody's talked to me over the last week, this is the only thing that I've brought up with people and talking about this movie. That and the new Game of Thrones uh, season one episode. But um, I'm going to let Brian introduce it, and then we'll just open the discussion about this. So, Brian... Why'd you bring it to us? Like, so tell us- RRR, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, is uh, it's a movie from India. Um, it originally stood for Rajmuli, Ram Charan, and Rama Rao. I'm going to butcher a lot of names this whole segment, just so you know. I think you um, all right. But, but in the, in the, as they brought it over to other countries, it's, it now stands for Rise, Roar, Revolt. Um, basically, it's, it's a movie that's made in India. It's not Bollywood. Don't call it Bollywood. They'll get mad at you. It's actually made in an the area they call Tollywood, if anything. Apparently, there's a big thing with... The northern Hindi re- regions have their style of filmmaking they make, and then there's the southern Telugu, and they do their whole style. And don't get them mixed up; they'll get mad at you. But I anyway. did not know that. Thank you for telling <laughs> me. I was about to call it Bollywood. Bollywood. Some people get all up in arms about it, and it's like whatever. Um, it's basically uh, historical fan fiction because there's these. It's about basically these two two famous revolutionaries uh, from Indian culture who uh, uh, Ram and Beam are basically the names in short, um, who. They never even met in real life, uh, but there's basically they have the story of these these two revolutionaries and and how how uh, one of them is actually working as a soldier for the for the British. Uh, this is during when British still controlled and occupied India, and uh, he's basically tasked at one point hunting down this revolutionary, which is Beam. Um, and, but he goes undercover basically, but they become best friends, and they of course at first don't even know that each other is you know against them. And uh, so it's, it's a story of their friendship, as well as the rise of this revolution, and then you know what happens when they find out each other's identity, and it goes from there. Um, this is a movie that came out in theaters, uh, I believe, originally in, like March. Um, I didn't go see it because I thought nothing of it. Because there's there's a theater uh, near me that it devotes these days four or five screens at a time every week are Indian movies, but I think nothing of them. It's just because there's a large Indian population in, the, in that suburb. Um, so I thought this is just another one of those. So I thought nothing of it. And then it disappeared. And then it came back out in like July or something. And I finally saw this movie. And I, I just because I'd heard so much about it. Um, I watched the first maybe half hour. And I and I tapped out. I'm like, this is just, what is this? This is just over the top. It's silly. It's ridiculous. I, I just, I can't. I, I don't understand what the big deal is about this movie. Went away from it for a while uh decided heard more about it like you know what i gotta give this another chance and once i went into it kind of knowing that it is this over-the-top ridiculous kind of tone to it i loved this movie uh it's just a ton of fun um i actually got past the 40 minute point which is where the titles finally show up because it is a long movie (laughs) it's like a three hour and seven minute movie or something it really does not feel it at all though i mean it it goes by a lot faster than most three-hour movies um it's I think the friendship uh, between the two guys is very well portrayed in this entire movie. Um, I think that the, there's a the love story is it's a little a little Russian force, but you know you can you can buy it. Um, it's got of course the action. The action is so crazy and ridiculous in so many ways. Um, 
first of all, there's there, there's a ton of use of CG in this movie. Some of it's very subtle and it just looks really good. Uh, some of it is a little more obvious. Like the animals in this movie are all CG because apparently in India, it's like the treatment of animals and the use of them as film is very, very restricted. Like anytime you see them doing anything besides just like walking across the screen, it's probably a CG animal because they 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 have this big respect for animals and don't want to make sure they aren't hurt or anything. Um, so there's a lot of CG in it, but but you kind of overlook that just because the scenes are so much fun to it. Um, it's got a musical sequence um, where I mean, there's a couple songs sung in the movie, but there's the main musical sequence in the middle of the film is just this amazing dance number, which you got to watch like you know ten times over to really to really fully just enjoy it. I've watched like reaction videos, people watching it. Cause I just enjoy it so much. The best use of suspenders ever in any film. Um, there's another musical number at the end. It's like this really, uh, it's like, it's, I guess it's a really patriotic song because they're, they're all, they keep pointing up to these big giant images of these people who, who, you know, are, are clearly like these Indian uh, revolutionaries or historical figures, which to us mean nothing, but a very nice big deal to them. I suppose to them, it's like, you know, Hamilton, like, Hey, look, it's, Jefferson, Washington, you know, whatever. And, but the, the, the musical sequences work. Um, there really wasn't much about this movie. I didn't like, like I said, it gets over the top. And, and if you go into it looking for a, a serious grounded film, you're not going to get it. Um, but it just, is a ton of fun. Uh, the only cast members anybody would recognize here, Ray Stevenson plays like the, the British baddie in this the, the british in this are really portrayed as like the mustache twirling villains oh, yeah. which i'm sure is how they were seen there and it probably deservedly so because i'm sure that that's what it was like there um the, his wife is allison duty from indiana jones the last crusade although you wouldn't recognize her at all watching this movie um but yeah this is one i'm glad i gave a second chance because i i really enjoyed it and i'm curious to see what anybody else felt Okay, I respect everybody else, but I've been I've been clamoring to talk about this fucking movie from the Jump Street. This movie is fucking batshit, and I loved every minute of this movie. This movie makes some of our movies look complete, like complete dog shit. Like looking back on it, like it is crazy. From one when it opens up and the girl is like painting that on her hand, and he like flips the coin to her, and he's like, "Oh, oh, they're paying for the song. That's beautiful." Blah blah. No, they take the girl. They, they take her, her and the then they the girl like runs through and she finds her and that shot to the head that that girl takes looks like the most real thing I've ever like. There are movies that can't make gunshots look real. And this makes like seven, a seventy million dollars in our our money. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. This movie is ridiculous i saw a bunch of like reviews that people said they turned it off they couldn't get past it they were just okay, like too yeah. much and yeah and you said something like 30 minutes which as soon as and it sounds a little fucked up but as soon as that bat that piece of wood went across that girl i was in and could not go again i was in and you could not stop this you were cheering for me. the british were you no, but I was like, I was like, they're gonna fuck these two up. I want them to fuck these two up yeah. bad. The best wedding dance scene number I've like the dance party dance I've ever seen in any movie ever. I don't know what they're fully singing about. Like I couldn't read like read subtitles, but I've watched that dance number probably three or four times since watching this movie. Just the suspenders, how like how into it, and like how they're moving back and forth. The downside, the only thing is the animals do look bad, but now that you said that, they got to go with what they got. Like, I'll give a pass to that. And given, that, given their budget and stuff, I thought it actually looked very good. Right. Especially that tiger movie. scene with the, with the ropes. Yeah. 
this movie is brutal, like brutal. But some of these scenes are the most like fascinating in film that I've seen in a long time. When that, when I can, again, I'm going to save myself from any like getting ridiculed because I'm not going to pronounce any of these people's names. <laughs> but the soldier, when he's falling down the mountain with that guy, like holding him to deliver it and fighting through the crowd and getting through everybody, I was mind blown. I was like, this movie is like, where's the cut? Where does it look bad? Like, there's got to be some moment of this and like, that's just stupid. They were nothing the whip scene is in like so hard to watch but then they switch it to a way that is so fascinating because it's brutal to watch you don't want to have any fun watching it but then he like starts singing through it and it becomes like the most powerful moment in the film like at all because he's like singing and rising up and like they're pulling this movie is crazy this is why when i pick Pitch this to Tim about the round table. This is one of those movies that I wanted to like break down scene by scene, have a whole conversation about it because this movie is one of those that I would have never, never watched. I am terrible with foreign films. I try every year to watch a couple. I wish I was better at it, but this is one of those movies that is absolutely fantastic. They have the British, the two, the two leads, Ray Stevens. I think uh, Boatman like figured out who that was, like in that moment. Like I don't know if that was the moment, but it was like you want them to get fucking ripped apart and like torn like to pieces. That entire montage of the bridge where they jump off in the water and like connect, we can't. We just like Zack Snyder can't make a movie great, and he's got American budget of like billions upon millions of dollars. And they are making this stuff look great, where the catch and they're wrapped up in the water to get saved. Again, I could go on for hours. I'll open this to the rest of the people. I, I, will, I will say it's very it's very Snyder esque in its in its style though, because especially yeah. if you use the slow mo on that, it's like it's, it's kind of slow mo. But you can see what is happening. Yeah, slow mo is different. I'll pass it, but again. If you say something, I might jump back in. But this movie is uh, crazy. crazy. You know, I was originally going to describe this movie as bloated, but that felt like a negative, a too negative, right? Because it's it's a lot, but it's not bloated. And I realized, no, this movie isn't bloated. It's loaded, like nachos. Like, (laughs) literally, that's what this movie feels like, is you just... You've just piled everything onto these nachos that is this movie. You've put everything in there. There's, like you said, there's the musical number. There's these fight scenes. There's historical references. It's a period piece. It's this. It's that. Like, it's it's everything. Uh, and, no, that's what this movie feels like. It's just kind of everything. So it is kind of sensory overload at times. I'm kind of glad I split this movie up into two days. I didn't watch it in one sitting. Um and I, I'm glad I did that, to be honest. Um, that, I will say what I did with the Ray Stevenson, that was, when I was watching it, I was like, this guy kind of looks like Ray Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> Not realizing that it actually was Ray Stevenson. So when Brian said that, that's why I gasped like that. No, <laughs> I, I, I like it. My, my personal favorite scene in the movie is the fight scene. Uh, when the, both of the, the two main characters fight each other. Uh, Because I think that sequence is so great. And it has 
maybe the most brutal sound effect I've ever heard when he throws the guy down and you like hear the back crack a little bit. Like, ooh, that I just wince. Uh, the, the sound design in this movie is actually really great. Um, yeah, this movie is kind of like if you took The Departed but made DiCaprio and Damon best friends. Like, that's that that's what this movie kind of is. It has like those same vibes as like we're both undercover but we don't know it, at least for like the first half of the movie. Uh, but then I like the the dynamic between the two characters actually interacting. I think that's what makes the movie. If you don't have that, if you don't a like both of these guys and b uh, you know uh, care about their friendship, you don't care about this movie. Uh, like a lot of action movies are over the top like this, but if they don't have characters, I don't give two craps. Uh, but I think this movie absolutely brought it. Um, yeah, I think probably my biggest regret of this year is not being that, that I missed this in the theaters. Because I, I would have loved to have seen this on the big screen with an audience. I think that would have been amazing. Uh, yeah, I, this is definitely not a movie I would have thought that I would have loved, but uh, I loved every second of it. Even the uh, musical dance number in the middle there is fantastic. I don't really love the one at the end, but that's okay. <laughs> the uh, action scenes are fantastic. The, the bromance between the two of them is like the best since. Uh, Johnny Utah and Bodie and Point Break, I think. <laughs> and uh, even just like the music and it too, the, the theme song, Romney's uh, character theme that plays like whenever he's getting ready to do some badass stuff is amazing. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I love this film. It's just balls of the wall insanity and it's uh, great. So I, of course, also did not know what this movie was like several months ago. Um, then uh, I believe Michael and Paul watched it and I had nothing to do and they were both raving about it. And then I had nothing to do on a Saturday afternoon and I saw it was playing and I'm like, okay, this seems like a great Saturday afternoon. You know, that it, it's three hours or whatever. It's going to kill my whole afternoon. Like I'll go check it out. Yeah. I completely agree with everyone else. Um, seeing it in theaters was amazing. And I will say that um, there were actually, there was a good crowd there. Everyone else in the theater with me was Indian and they were not reacting like I was to the movie. And I was sitting there like, are we watching the same movie? And then it occurred to me like, this is probably what a lot of these movies are like, but not, not, you know, we just don't know because we're ignorant Americans who, you know, like, like Brian said, I think they, you know, often show these movies at, um, you know, at theaters, not, you know, it, this wasn't a, a, an exception. Um, but, you know, I, I just never really paid attention to them. But because, you know, of the buzz that this one was getting, um, I did go and check it out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this makes me want to watch a lot more Indian movies because, like everyone has said, they're they're doing so much more with money than, you know, what the biggest studios and, you know, Marvel and everything is doing here in the States. Um, the dance sequence is incredible. Um the songs crack me up because the English subtitles of the lyrics, they are so literal. They, they are literally just like describing the plot. Like if you tried to sing the lyrics in English to the music, it would be one of the funniest things ever just because uh, they're so clunky the way that they're translated in in English. Um, it, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, this movie is just, it's insane. I mean, I love over-the-top action movies. Um, it's ju That's generally my favorite type um 
and this movie commits to the bit um i think everybody's mentioned like most of the scenes that i really like um the the animal thing i was like are they really going to do this and then they did um and it was amazing you know with releasing all the animals out of their cages um yeah i i don't know what else i can add because it's everyone should watch this movie i i, I promise it's it goes by a lot quicker than um than you expect when you see the runtime it's a great i mean it is it is an amazing dude's rock movie like you will just come out being like yeah dudes dudes do be rocking um yeah i love it yeah i mean it's it's i was gonna ask everybody this but like this is my standout of the week of the five movies i was like the this is probably the one that i had the lowest expectations for but like delivered in the highest way possible like copland had its um already selling point with the cast and what it was about uh in-laws also had that for me um columbus i kind of knew where i was going to stand probably prior prior to the movie um just how scott is and me are different on movie tastes sometimes but this is the one that i would never have saw and why i got to and was able to check out did any movie that you have low expectations for stand out higher than what you assumed i know bowman kind of mentioned columbus he wished the heat columbus was higher than he thought it was going to be higher than what it was so your expectations were too high for that movie was uh rrr that movie for you this week on this one or something like that? I, mean, I i i would say none of these like exceeded my expectations to a giant degree i would say if any of them exceeded my expectations it was probably rrr but not to like a giant degree because i had heard from it pretty much everyone who has seen it has been raving about it so like i it didn't like this one didn't shock me, but it, I definitely liked it a little more than I thought it would. Everything else, Copland, I was about where I thought I'd land on it. Uh, Men of Honor, I was about where I thought I'd land on it. Actually, no, I'll actually take that back. Men of Honor is my pick because I actually thought I maybe wouldn't like Men of Honor. Uh, just I thought it kind of had a reputation for being a little too schmaltzy. And it, it's schmaltzy, but it, it worked for me. Um, Matt, yeah, it'd probably be RR for me because uh, I I had started watching this the week before we we figured out we were going to be doing this show, and uh, I think I made it about thirty minutes into it, and I kind of I wasn't paying full attention to it. I kind of had it on the background, and but uh, then once it was on the show, I actually sat down and started it over from the beginning, and I just I fell in love with it. So yeah, definitely. It, it's crazy to me that I mean I'm glad y'all came back to it and left it. It's crazy to me that so many people tapped out on 30 minutes of RR because like the second scene is when he fights through the crowd of like a thousand people. Like how are you not in from that moment? Like that's, I think it's just too much. Brutal. Like no, you're no, like what's what actually what turned happening? me what started to turn me off of it because I'm watching he's doing this one guy against 30,000. Like okay, come on, this is this is dumb. <laughs> This, this clearly could not happen. Yeah. But like I said, I went back in the second time, knowing the tone of the movie, knowing the style of the movie, like, I get it now. And I, now yeah. I can put my mind in the mind in the right mindset and enjoy it. Again, this it's, so, been... over the top. it's yeah, so over the top that I just, like, go along with it. I mean, there's other parts of the movie, too. Like, the fact that when they, like, escape towards the end, the fact that they end up at, like, the shelter, and it just happens to be where uh, his, like, his fiance or whatever rom's fiance or is like that is like the most convenient plot thing ever but it, you don't care at that point because you're two hours and a half into it and you you know it's just it's not about that like uh you know it only needs like the 
bare minimum as far as story when you have the insane action and set pieces going on. Scott, was your movie Copland that's uh, exceeded your expectations to this one? Yeah, I can't really say that? RRR because I had seen it months ago, like I saw it in theaters. But um, Copland, I expected it to be good because, like I said, James Mangold, he usually delivers. I mean, he always delivers. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, that would probably be the one for me because I didn't think that I was going to say this is my, my probably my favorite one of his movies now. Like uh, it was, it was, it was a different movie than I was expecting. It was, it was good in a different way than I was expecting. So I guess that would be the one. For this show, I think mine would be In Laws because the only two I hadn't seen before were Men in, Men of Honor and uh, In Laws. And In Laws, I was I was pleasantly surprised how much I did enjoy that one. Um, although if I'm just going from my expectations before I first saw the movie, it would definitely be RRR. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just quicker on ratings on RRR. I'm giving four and a half. I I can't wait to watch this movie again. Um, Boat? Four. Matt? Yeah, 4.5. Uh, Brian, what did you have it at? Four and a half. It, it, I had four the first time, but I've actually bumped it up. Scott? Four and a half. Four and a half. Not to, not to. <laughs> um, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah that's the that's our first episode again um, i'm gonna meet with like brian scott and tim kind of figure out what we could change or what we can improve on the show um again i want to thank everybody for being on and picking the movies again um if you want to be on the show i have a group that i'm reaching out to each time to, to go through uh next uh next month's uh group is uh i won't say who's on the panel I'll just tell you the movies. The movies um, is 2014 Spring, uh, 1955's The Night of the Hunter, 2007 Rocket Science. If any of these dates are wrong, blame Letterbox. Uh, 1998 um, Out of Sight, and then 1973 uh, Paper Moon. So those are the movies for next week, uh, next month. Um, again, we give enough time for everybody. They'll be on the Facebook page. Watch them before the episode. Again, they will don't want you to get spoiled by anything. And then we'll be back um, the panel. You'll find out who the other two people, but Brian, Scott, and myself are returning. So thank you so much for being on, um, everybody, and we'll catch you next time.